What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mastermind Podcast. And today we got our special guest, Jamie, here with us. And we're here to learn from Jamie about her journey to becoming a business owner and running her own outstanding rental vacation homes. Would you like to introduce yourself to the people, Jamie? Hi, I'm Jamie. We own three Ecolux vacation rentals in Southern Ohio in Hocking Hills, which is a popular tourist destination. You know, we try to raise the bar uh, for those guests who are looking for an escape to the outdoors, but not sacrifice luxury. Amazing. Amazing. And like, where does your story start? How did you get into vacation rentals? Yeah. <laughs> so we built the first one, which is the Carpenter's Cabin as our family getaway. Um, so it was built primarily for us uh, just to rent out when we weren't there. And it was designed by me for our needs and our wishes and had no idea that everybody else was going to love it as much as we did. Um, We knew that we were going to do three on the same property. We have 32 acres uh, because we have two adult children. We've got three grandchildren right now. Um, So we knew that we were going to outgrow the carpenter's cabin. Uh, So all three rentals on the 32 acres are actually for our family. Oh, amazing. And tell us about raising a family and also running a business. How does that combination work? How, how do you operate in that? Well, thankfully, with the vacation rentals, my kids are, let's see, 33 and 31. Um, oh. So my daughter actually lives about 25 minutes away, which is close considering the geography in that area. And she's actually our cleaning manager. So she manages the cleaning team and she's kind of our eyes on site because we're three hours away. Mm. So actually it's a help at this point. (laughs) That's great. That's great. And, you know, you're in the real estate industry. How long have you been in the real estate industry? Uh, Just this is our third year. Amazing. Amazing. And. You know, with you being in the real estate industry, what are some ways you see real estate agents missing out on opportunities to grow? Um, gosh, that's hard because I am not an agent. Uh, we've obviously worked with with agents, and the ones in that area are so used to people purchasing uh, existing vacation rentals or property to build them. So they're very well versed in that. We had an amazing one uh, that kind of get get led us through that uh, that process um, as to, you know, maybe this area is not so great for this reason or that reason. And, mm. you know, this is a better area because of proximity, that sort of thing. So that was a huge help. Um, I do think if you're going to um, do, if you're going to invest in real estate, whether it's a flip or a vacation rental, you better hook up with someone who knows what you're trying to accomplish and has been down that road before. And what would be some ways you would go about contacting someone like that? For us, we went on, I think it was like Zillow or something like that, and started looking at other properties Mm. and just started watching some of the names that were popping up frequently, did a little research on them. I think we talked to two. Um, Actually, the first one we actually connected with and saw some properties and, and put an offer in on the property and found out she was not a good fit for us. Uh, the second one was a good fit. They have really had to understand your vision. Uh, the first realtor, I don't think she believed we could pull it off. Um, mm. I guess we proved her wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> they have to. They have to understand and catch that excitement with you. 
Amazing, amazing. And like, what gave you the drive to be able to, you know, get into the real estate industry and actually become successful? Like what, something had to push you to be able to push through all the challenges you faced? Yeah, we, so I, I have a degree in graphic design. I used Mm. it for a while. um, And then I went into event planning. I had my own event management company for 20 years doing corporate events and that sort of thing. And retired from all of that. We knew that we wanted a vacation home for us all to enjoy. And because I had a background in design and I had just a few years ago stepped into interior design, I had that background and that drive, that interest. I love creating spaces. So it was a natural transition to go into something real estate related. Um, We had considered flips in the past which is a little more challenging because my husband does have a busy full-time job. Uh, So if you're hiring out, you know, all of the subs and contractors to do a flip, you're not going to make as much income on it. You're spending more than what you would like to. If you've got those skills on your own, then you can make more money out of it. Or if you've got a good team pulled together because you're doing several. But it made sense for me to go ahead and design each one of these cabins because I had that skill, do the design. And actually on our two new ones, I got my general contractor's license and was also the general contractor. Mm, so that amazing. was a that was a new <laughs> new avenue for me. That's that's great. Um <clears throat> with you being an inter- interior design, is that correct? Yes. Uh-huh. Um what really like was that always in the plan to get into the vacation rentals? Was that always like in your mind or did it really just fall into place? So it's funny because whenever, gosh, long ago, Scott and I were just first married. I always said that I wanted like seven homes, not necessarily to live in. I just like a lot of different home styles (laughs) and I wanted to play and kind of do my own thing. And so You know, here we are with four, so I'm getting there. (laughs) And each one has its own unique style. So it does it does allow me to play. And our new little one glow cabin was pure whimsy for me. Um, you know, it's just a two person little romantic getaway and I got to do whatever I wanted with it. And the cool thing is people are loving it. Um, so it's fun for me to play with those designs and because I have the background in event management too, I've done large events, city events, conventions, that sort of thing. Just understanding the use of space and traffic flow and that sort of thing really ties into home design. Is Ramp Act 1234, one of our other new ones, is handicap accessible. So I already understood how people needed to move and not just applying that to someone who might be in a wheelchair or have a walker, what that takes. So that was pretty critical. You know, in addition to making things pretty, you have to make them functional. And I think that's one of the things that sets ours apart. I, you know, it's, a lot of people can make things pretty, but you have to tie in that function as well. Um, so, you know, we've done that. People seem to notice. And what are some areas when you're going out and picking a house that you really focus on to, you know, make sure it's the right place? Yeah, so we build from the ground up so I can get what I want. Mm, okay, so you <laughs> so get the all whole thing. are ground up. Yep, they're brand new. Um, it, I've just found, we've had, I think we're at 13 personal homes. We've moved a lot over the years. Um, and most of those have been existing homes. 
And I've just gotten to the point that I'm tired of redoing someone else's work. And it's easier to start from scratch and deliver that way. That way I'm not always, you know, kind of cursing this or that, you know, that we weren't able to change. Right. Picking out things. Oh, I hate this. You know, you have to make it all yourself. Exactly. Exactly. That's great. And what is like the home building process? Because a lot of people on here, you know, they're not in the real estate industry. They they don't know much about it. So like, what's the process of that? Yeah. So just to talk a little bit again about our tiny one glow cabin, we get a lot of requests for our floor plans, especially carpenters cabin and glow cabin. We don't offer those. Um, obviously these are income providing mm-hmm. for us. So, you know, we're not going to compromise the ability to earn that income on them. But we tell people that we're happy to design something unique for them. But with Glow Cabin, a lot of people think, oh, it's a tiny home. It won't cost very much. I'll just go buy some property somewhere and plop it down. There is so much infrastructure that goes into building a home. Um, And we don't share build costs. But if you look at percentages, the driveway itself, we have a long driveway through the woods. That was about 30% of the total build cost, just to put a driveway in. The well was about another 15% of the total build cost, as was the septic system because of the woods. And, you know, it was just a little more expensive. We had to wrap it around the ravine and that sort of thing. So people, they just want to, they think it's just building the structure. And that's actually less than half of your total cost. So I think that shocks a lot of people. And again, we don't, when they ask how much it costs to build, we just say there are too many variables, Um, your lot, your geographic location. Um, We just put together a plan for a guy out in California and, you know, his lot is very different. His um, requirements are very different. He has to have things that are, fire protected and all of that sort of thing, but we don't have to have here in Ohio. So, you know, there are a lot of things to consider and it's not just a blanket statement. Oh, it costs this much to do this. You really have to look, look at it and talk with a uh, local builder. Amazing. And can you say it all depends on geographic, like depending on where you're at geographic is going to fluctuate your cost? It does. So, and geographic can mean, you know, if you're on the East Coast, West Coast, Midwest, you know, if you're looking down in the coastal South, you're going to be looking at, you know, measures to protect you from the hurricane. But it also is dependent on the actual property itself. Like I said, ours is wooded. We're set back in the woods. So that, you know, we incurred some additional costs to get that privacy in the woods. If you're sitting closer to the road, your driveway is going to be much less. If you're in the city, you're not going to have the well and septic costs. You're, you know, you're just going to pay the cost, the fees to hook up to the city water and septic. So those are much less than putting in a septic and well system. So it is, it is very much geographic driven. And is there a reason you've stayed away from the city building? Yeah, so we did have a rental uh, in Columbus. We had it for a few years and sold it, you know, when things were hot a few years ago. And we just, for us, that was a long-term rental. So there's what's called long-term rental, mid-term rental, and short-term rental. 
So our vacation rentals are considered short-term rentals because we rent them, you know, one day to up to six nights. You know, that's that's the extent. A mid-stay would be something like a traveling nurse where they might stay for 30 days or 90 days. So that looks a little bit different. We didn't want to get into that either. Um, And then long-term rentals, you know, are more like you're going to stay there for a year. So you've got, you know, a rent document that ties you in for a while. And in the city, we just didn't want to deal with that. We did an addition on that house, you know, getting permitting and that sort of thing was a nightmare. Um, So where we are in Hocking County, Ohio, there actually isn't a lot of permitting done. Um, basically, anything to do with water is the only permit and inspections we had to deal with. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah. Um, so with the long-term, short-term, short-term, and mid-term rentals, what are the different problems that come with all those different time spans? Yeah. So the other thing we like about the short-term rentals is you don't get into potential eviction issues. Mm. Say that you've got a tenant who hasn't paid their rental amount for the month or, you know, year or whatever you're looking at. Um, there are instances where even if they're not paying, you you can't evict them. If they've got a child, you know, living there, that sort of thing, you, you know, it gets you tough. do that. Yeah. So short term, we avoid that. Plus, you make a lot more money on a short term rental. Mm. So whereas with the long-term rental, we had an, it was just a cute little Cape Cod in town. It was like $1,200 a month. Um, we make that in three nights at the Carpenter's Cabin. Ooh, that's so amazing. There's a significant uh, financial upside to a, a short-term rental. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure with the short-term rental, obviously you're having to get new people coming in and out. How does your marketing work with that? Yeah, so we do a lot on social media, especially Instagram. Uh, We have a company that is helping with that a little bit now because with three of them, I'm busier just running the day-to-day, so they help with social media. So that is one way. We also have, of course, like a a lot of websites, we have a pop-up asking them to join our email list. So we've been able to capture about 1,200 email list subscribers, which we're pretty pleased with. We've got, I think, about 600 text subscribers, which is pretty good. Uh, we do some email campaigns. We probably need to pick that up a little bit. I hate getting emails, you know, asking me to buy something, so we try to minimize them. But you do have to do a little bit of that just to keep your name in front of them so that they remember you when you go to book. Mm-hmm. And we have a, we actually have a pretty good uh, read rate, open rate. Uh, I think the average, we use constant contact, and I think the average is like around 28 to 35% open rate, and ours is about 60. So mm. when people see our emails come in, they do open them for the most part, at least at least a higher rate than most. Right. That's great. That shows you're doing something right. Um, I hope so. We're always looking to improve processes and marketing. And uh, I mean, it does help that my degree is in graphic design, you know, that that helps a lot. For sure. And with your degree being in graphic design, like what are some ways that you separate when you're building a house, you separate yourself from the competition? What are some things you look out for? Yeah. So spatial design is certainly one of those. If you think about the tenets of design, uh, so space is one of those 
color is another. So I, I'm actually the local color expert for our Sherwin-Williams. Um, so color is huge to me. Um, art is very big. So in 1234, which is our most luxe, uh, you'll notice a feature on the art. We've got some really nice art in there. And as an artist, I love using local talent. So we mm-hmm. use a lot of local woodworkers. Uh, the dishes and glow cabin were made by a ceramicist in northern Ohio. They're custom just to us. You can actually buy them on our website. Um, so we use a lot of local talent like that. And by local, I mean around the state of Ohio, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you've traveled all over the U.S. What is the different experiences that you've gotten in the different cultures you've experienced? What's that like? Yeah, we've lived a lot of different places. Um, We've lived in Atlanta, St. Louis, Detroit, um, Columbus, Indiana. We've been there twice, Columbus, Ohio. So we've we've seen seen a fair amount. We've not uh, we've traveled out west, but we've not lived there. Uh, St. Louis was the farthest, but so most of our time has been in the Midwest. But when we travel, you know, it's just the two of us, so we could just as easily get a hotel. Um, but you don't get the same experience when you stay in a hotel. So these days when we mm. travel, we do try to get uh, vacation rental because I want to see how they're doing things. Um, and I will say that I think one of the things some of the larger plat- booking platforms have done, Airbnb, Verbo, um, there is kind of a standard across vacation rentals. So you're not going to go to California and see something. I mean, the style might be different, but as far as the amenities and that sort of thing, they're going to be very similar. Mm-hmm. And how do you take from other <clears throat> other states when you're looking at other states and their designs? How do you take from that and use it for yeah. yourself? We actually just went down last November. Uh, we went down to Lake Norris in Tennessee. Uh, we were considering property down there, do a like that property. So I was really studying the architecture. And even though we weren't quite ready to purchase, we went ahead and went inside some of the homes. Because if that's what guest booking that those homes are looking for, I want to make sure that if I'm designing something, that's my target. Except I'm going to push it just a little bit further. I'm going to make sure it has more function. I'm going to make sure it has more style. I'm going to use more of the local talents. So we look at that sort of thing. We don't just go plop our own design in somewhere. Amazing, amazing. And if you could go back to like when you're 16, what are some things you would do different to try and build yourself up to become more successful quicker? Gosh, I never thought I would be here. This has been crazy. Um, I, I've always been pretty introverted, um, mm. and I have much more confidence now. I think just... You know, people liking the architecture and my designs means a lot to me. But, um, I mean, it really is about me playing. I will say that after the Carpenter's Cabin became so popular, the stress of delivering the next two gave me a little anxiety. You know, you don't mm. fall on your face uh, after that. So it's, it's you know, that's, that's hard to, I don't know if you're familiar with the Enneagram at all. Um, I happen to be a one, so I'm a bit of a perfectionist. I push myself. I like things to be perfect. I don't understand why others don't do their best. So I'm always pushing myself to, to do my best. And it's more for me. It's an internal thing than doing it for someone else. If that makes sense. (laughs) 
No, yeah, it does. And what are some ways <clears throat> you overcome those challenges of when you feel stressed or when you feel like, oh, this isn't perfect enough, you know? Because I'm sure you could look at a house and be like, okay, I could change this and this all day, you know? <laughs> I do that. It, it's it's really hard uh, because to me, it's just second nature to walk in somewhere and think this could function so much better if we did this. So that's where, we, where I start the function. And that's what I noticed first. And it's I really have to focus on the positives of a space. Uh, and when I'm working with design clients, I actually have a couple right now. They're, they're amazing because they trust me. And if you don't have a client that trusts your vision and, you know, what you're recommending to them, it's, it's a really hard process. Uh, they have to kind of let go of the reins. But it's, it's hard to describe. I just see it, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't mean that. Um, in any way bragging. It's just it's just kind of the way God made me. I, everybody's got their gifts and talents, and I just see those things, and I have to be really careful not to be, take it to the critical side, you know, and keep it as a positive. You know, well, I mean, I've got budget clients, so you walk in, you say, okay, I know the budget is this, so how can we best improve this with what we have? And there's always a way to improve it, you know, no matter how large or small, you can improve it. Awesome. And how important is it to you to build connections in this industry? You know, I'm part of a hosting group. Um, it's actually called Thanks for Visiting. Um, and it's it's a group that you pay to join. And it's such a supportive group. So if you're looking to getting into short-term, mid-term, um, there are even a few long-term rental hosts in there. Uh, it's primarily focused on short-term but there's so much great information in there because like I said, when we jumped into Carpenter's cabin, this was the first we'd ever been in the short term rental uh, arena. And it's, it's very different. So Mm -hmm. having that expertise and learning from others rather than making those same mistakes that they can kind of coach you on is really important. Amazing. And what is it like <clears throat> jumping into new industries? What are some ways you face those challenges? Um, <laughs> so I totally underestimated what it took. That's the other <clears throat> side. I think people think, okay, I'll just buy this house or I'll build this house and I'll just you know, run it as an, an Airbnb is usually the phrase that she used. Yeah. And I think people think it's passive and it is not passive. Uh, it's a job. I mean, you can hire a management company to do that for you. Uh, they're going to take about 30% of your profit. So, you know, if you choose to do that, you can do that. Um, but if you want to be more hands-on, it takes time. I mean, I spend several hours a day working just on our vacation rental business, just the day-to-day stuff. Uh, we we have four cleaners. We're about to hire another one. We have Two, we call them auditors. So our auditors go in after the cleaners and before the guests arrive um, to make sure everything is perfect. Um, when you have a high-profile vacation rental like we do, uh, people are have seen those photos, and they want it to look just like the photos. Uh, so that's our goal. I tell the staff that each guest that walks in needs to feel like they are the first and only guest who have ever walked through those doors. Great. And how do you go about managing all that different staff? (laughs) We've got a great staff. I'm so grateful. They've actually become really good friends. Uh, I have, (laughs) I'm checklist driven. 
So we have a binder in each of the rentals that shows the staging photos. Uh, we have checklists for the cleaners and checklists for the auditors so that they know what they need to do. They get in a groove after they've been cleaning it a while and don't use the checklist as much. Um, but we do have, uh, like I said, the auditors to make sure that, you know, it's done correctly. We use a common calendar. So I schedule the cleaners and the auditors. Uh, they can see when bookings are. They can they get notified of when their next clean is. Um, and we do a lot of text communication because we are a tight group. We pay well. Uh, I have high standards and I pay them well. Every six months they're with us, we give them a bonus. And I take them to lunch about every three to four months because I really want a team. I tell them, I don't want any heroes. I don't need a hero. I need teams. And they're really good about jumping in and helping each other. And for us, um, cleaning companies never worked. We tried two or three of them. And it just it didn't work to hire a company that would send someone in to clean one day. And the next time, they would send someone else. Because it uh, does have to be not just cleaned well, but staged. And if you don't have that consistency, then you lose that staging factor. So we went to hiring stay-at-home moms, and they do a great job. They're used to cleaning up, so they do a great job. No, that's right. And you can say you've developed a stronger connection compared to working with a cleaning company? And the staff gets paid more. So the we pay not based on our um I mean, we put our rate together, you know, kind of figuring how long something will take in a certain rate, but they get paid a flat rate for cleaning each of the cabins based on its size. So I'm going to pay that to the to whoever's cleaning it. So if it's a company, you know, they're getting that flat rate. If it's an individual, they're getting that flat rate. So if you're a cleaner working for a company, I can tell you that you're getting almost half what you would make working directly for me. So, you know, that's the other thing with hiring cleaning companies. They're not paying their team enough per hour for them to care. Exactly. You hear that cleaners leave your cleaning company. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So, Um, so let me ask, does God play a role in your life at all? If you don't mind me asking, I'm sorry. What was that? Does um, God play a life in a role in your life at all? If you don't yeah, mind me asking, I'm actually glad you asked that. Yeah. Oh, so I mean- we uh, in the car. I'll give you two examples if we have time. Uh, mm-hmm. So in the carpenter's cabin, there's we call it the gallery hall. It actually leads to the the second story deck off the back, and we have some large framed pieces down that hall. There are three of them. And the carpenter's cabin is named after my dad. He passed away about eight years ago. And we were very close. So in those modern frames are three just small random tools that we pulled from his workshop. And then the center frame is a little compass with a, the pencil still in it. And my, I didn't notice it right away because my son took them and had them framed for us. But my daughter said, hey, mom, look at the, the pencil. And it says Ebenezer Church. And Ebenezer oh. Church is where my husband and I went when we were dating. It's where we got married. It's where my grandparents met in Sunday school class, and they got married and took their nine children. And my, either my great great or my great 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 grandfather started the church in his home. So I love having that 
in the cabin. You know, there's a family history, there's the church connection. But when we were building the, the carpenter's cabin, we actually hired a local contractor. And it was um, it was not a match made in heaven. <laughs> Just oh, okay. Uh, it was very challenging. There were several times um, they actually had me in tears. And I noticed that I kept seeing 1234 on the clock. I, it could be on my phone. It could be on a coffee maker. It could be driving down the road, seeing it somewhere. It, you know, that would happen two, three times a week. And I thought, okay, God's trying to tell me something here. Mm-hmm. So I did a little research, and it, it really just means keep moving forward. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. I'm here with you. I've got you. Exactly. And so whenever I saw that, then while we finished the carpenter's cabin, it gave me strength. And so I would get weary and, you know, so disappointed with things. He would send me that reminder. Mm-hmm. When we built the new ones, the bigger one, the most luxe one, is called 1234. And, um, you know, it's kind of our rock. Just as a thank you to, to God for getting us through that one. And as a reminder to us that he's always there with us. You know, exactly. helping us to the next step. Exactly. God God can be the most powerful source to push through those super, super challenging moments. He's honestly the only source in those times. I don't know how people do it without him, honestly. I mean, if you don't have him to go to and lean on, I I don't know how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't have that strength. No one does. <laughs> right. Well, um, it was an amazing talk. It was an amazing discussion. Uh, what are some ways that people can reach out to you and find you? Oh, you broke up a little bit on me. Oh, yeah. Uh <laughs> What are, what are some ways that people can find you? Your social medias? What are, where are some places yeah, they can find so you? The, so each of the rentals has their own Instagram account. But the Umbrella account is called Ecolux Vacations. So that's where you can find us showcasing all three. And in the profile of that one, you can see the individual accounts. As far as booking, we do ask that you book direct. Um, it allows us a more personal touch with our guests. And it saves the guests you know, the platform fees, which can be considerable. Uh, so that is staythehockeyhills.com. But you can also type in carpenterscabin.com, globecabin.com, 1234house.com, and they will take you to the same place. Amazing. Well, you have any last words for the audience? <sighs> Just remember 1234. 1234. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Well, It was a great podcast, and we'll see you guys next time on the Mastermind Podcast. Peace. Thank you.